Welcome everyone to the invitation, the art of facilitation, where we bring on all of our program directors and facilitators throughout the world. And today we are so lucky to be joined by Kristen Varner. So everyone, please give her a warm welcome, sending her many blessings. Uh, I'll read her bio and then she's going to lead us in a short centering practice. Um, and this is a, a really heartfelt um, kind of personal statement. Kristen loves yoga and loves sharing what she loves. After practicing yoga and law for two decades, she combined her passion for yoga and advocacy to co-found Community Yoga Initiative to help expand the reach of yoga through affordable, accessible, and inclusive yoga outreach programs. The heart of her yoga practice rests in the cultivation of awareness and love to discover and let go of ways of being that live it freedom. Embodied presence and energetic perception are central to Kristen's sharing of yoga. Through the Prison Yoga Project, Kristen shares yoga with people housed at the California Rehabilitation Center in Norco, California. She leads yoga and meditation programs for youth, college athletes, nonprofit organizations, and workplaces in Southern California, and currently instructs yoga for the United States men's Olympic water polo team. She's grateful for her parents and her brother, Jerry, Lynn, and Andy, and her daughters, Peyton and Devin, all of whom are among her greatest teachers. She's thankful beyond measure for the love of her family, friends, community, and her partner in life, Sean, who will make it easy to love and be loved. Thank you so much for joining mm -hmm. us. Thank you, Blair, for having me. So nice. Thank you for that introduction. And thanks, Bill. And when that feels complete for you, I welcome you to lead us in a centering opportunity. Okay. You got me a little bit. I didn't know that was going to be read. And this, the shout out to the family made me a little emotional. So I appreciate that. Though. That's really beautiful. Um, I thought we might start with a little loving kindness this morning. Um, it happens to be a practice that I just feel really rooted in and connected to. And there's lots of ways you can practice, as you all know, um, various ways of loving kindness, offering metta. And I thought what we do today, I like to use four sentences, four phrases, and it can be directed, a, a, you know, all different ways. But I thought what we might do today is direct these four phrases to a loved one. So having that warmth, loved ones in our hearts, you know, what you just mentioned, and then to ourselves. And then I thought we could just direct the love and kindness to this community, just this prison yoga project community. So um, I just love this practice because I feel like it creates favorable conditions for love and care and compassion to arise. Um, and it creates kind of a sense of connectedness. So the phrases I will be using today are, may I be filled with love and kindness? May I be well? May I be peaceful and at ease? And may I be free? And that can be free from harm, inner and outer harm, any kind of freedom that feels intuitive to you that you feel. So we'll just go ahead and start by kind of settling in, you know, finding your comfortable seated position if that feels good to you, or maybe you feel better standing. Just any kind of um, posture where you feel kind of a sense of dignity and ease, a sense of comfort. Then you may want to rest your eyes or lower your eyes, just move from the external inward. 
I invite you just to have a sense of the base of your body. So maybe if that's seated, how the base of the body is seated on the floor, on a chair. Maybe if it's standing or seated, maybe you feel the feet connected to the floor, very rooted and grounded. And as you feel connected and grounded to the earth, you might feel a sense of lightness through your lower back, like a sense of lifting. And I invite you to just maybe roll your shoulders back and down. Allow the elbows to hang heavy, the arms to feel weighted down towards the earth. And you might notice that as your shoulders roll back and down, your heart lifts out to the world. And if you notice any tension in your face, you might part your lips and relax your jaw and soften the eyes. And then maybe turning the awareness to the breath. You've gotten a sense of the body and now how the breath moves in the body, just noticing. Maybe you notice the breath as it moves in the nose. And maybe you notice your heart rise on an inhale. So just noticing the breath in the body. And maybe just resting the attention at the heart space and how the breath feels at the heart. Maybe notice a sense of openness and expansion as you inhale in the heart area. And a sense of the heart just kind of falling towards the body on an exhale. So just taking a few moments here and resting in the inhale and exhale and bringing the awareness of how it feels at the heart. I invite you to bring an image to your mind's eye of someone that you love. Someone the moment you think about them just makes you feel good. And maybe it's a family member or it could be a spiritual figure or a beloved teacher. Maybe it's a 
for a baby in your life or a child. Just can be anyone for whom you have deep affection. Just bringing this person to your mind's eye as if they're with you right now. Maybe you can sense the warmth of their smile or the kindness in their eyes. Just having a sense of this person with you right now. I invite you to offer this person love and kindness. May this person that I love be filled with love and kindness. May my loved one be well. May they be peaceful and at ease. And may they be free. And I invite you just imagine any felt sense of love move from your heart center out to this person, wherever they may be. And I invite you to hold a picture in your mind's eye of yourself and maybe a younger self, like a five or seven-year-old self, a childlike self, maybe imagining what you look like when you were that age and what you might be doing, what you were curious about then. And remembering that that childlike self still resides in us, even though we look different or maybe doing different things, have different worries, and have gone through different phases of life. So just carrying an image of yourself as a younger self, I invite you to offer that same love and kindness that you shared with your loved one to yourself. So that inner childlike self that still resides within. May I be filled with love and kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. And may I be free. And I invite you to notice just any felt sense at your heart center, any sensations you feel in your body, your heart center, or anywhere else in the body. And I invite you to bring to your mind's eye a sense of this community. Blair and Bill and James, Nicole, all the people who lead this community and the people who participate 
the students who are taking the classes, the facilitators who are working in institutions, just bringing a sense and image of all these people involved in this community. Imagining them in your mind's eye, how you've connected with them in the past, how that's felt to you. And I invite us all to wish this community well. May our community be filled with love and kindness. May this community be well. May we all be peaceful and at ease. And may each one of us know freedom. And I invite you to just imagine any felt sense of love just move out from your body to the people in this community, wherever they are. And let's all just take a few moments to rest in these feelings of love and kindness. Just noticing any sensations of the body, the feeling of the breath. Just taking a few moments just to notice. And then when you're ready, I just invite you to maybe bring some movement to your fingers and toes. Maybe a little movement to the head and neck. Just to gently come back to our meeting together. Thank you. Um, the radical softness and ease that you were like a shepherd bringing us to is so valuable. That was incredibly beautiful. Thank you. Very kind words. Thank you, Blair. It's always so sweet. (laughs) Um, we usually start with what is your first memory of yoga, but I, I want to switch up a little bit. What is your first memory of meditation or mindfulness? What was your first experience with that? Oh God, that's such a great question. Um, well, like first memory, I've actually never thought about the first, the first, first, but, um, I, I started practicing a lot after my father passed away about 15 years ago. 
And um, I've told this story before that I came to meditation. I, I had experimented with a lot of different types of meditation. So like breath awareness and um, some body scanning type things. And um, about 15 years ago, uh, after my father died, I was introduced to loving kindness by a beautiful woman, Mary Grace McNaughton. And um, it just hit me, you know, in the heart. And it was something that I became really drawn to. And I just couldn't shake it. And so I started practicing a lot of that meditation. So I would say, yeah, that was probably my, you know, my regular practice of meditation was that. Um, I, um, I'm kind of like a study bug, you know, I like, so I always found like ruminating and contemplating on things. I thought that was like my meditation for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for years. Um, but I didn't really get into like sort of a silent, a silent sit practice until about 15 years ago. But that's kind of where it started for me. That's where it began. And um, uh, I've shared um, with other people that, you know, I was really looking for something. I was looking to feel better. I was, um, you know, kind of confused about, you know, existential questions and dealing with a lot of grief um, with the loss of my dad. and. Um, sickness in different ways. Um, so that's where I found meditation very helpful. And that's where I started. And then it really grew from a loving kindness practice to more of, of what we would call Vipassana practice. And I combine a lot of loving kindness and Vipassana and concentration all together in one crazy meditation when I said <laughs> Yeah. Will you tell us more about your personal practice and how it's informed this uh, beginning of yours as well? Yeah. Um, I love to talk about yoga. I love to talk about practice. So thanks for that question. Um, So my personal practice has evolved. You know, I got into yoga mostly for exercise, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago. And I got into yoga when I was pregnant um, and I uh, was just looking for some sort of gentle exercise. I had been a runner uh, because I'm not very coordinated person. So I could run though. And I I have this like ability to have endurance. And so I felt like if I could do something, I will run. So I, I was always a runner and I felt like yoga was like kind of a joke, like exercise wise. Like I was like, where is the value in this? But so I was pregnant. So it really took me down a notch. And I've told this funny story where I went to my first yoga class and um, I was pregnant and they had me in like eagle arms and eagle legs. And I was like falling all over the place. My very first yoga class, right when I moved to Riverside, I just, we just got married. Uh, I was pregnant and um, it was totally awful. Like I felt like I felt like I couldn't do it. I didn't, wasn't, you know. I didn't feel good at all. So I practiced at home during my pregnancy and I had a video and I didn't know it was a bhakti yoga video. I had no idea what kinds of yoga there was or what even that. And so it was this beautiful devotional um, kind of yin practice with beautiful music. And I did that through my pregnancy and that kind of got me hooked. And then I got kind of aggressive with the yoga and I went, you know, full power, like hot yoga for a decade, um, which, you know, was also awesome. And I probably needed that to balance out my brain and, you know, how much was going on during those also hard hitting years in sort of the legal world and being a mom of two daughters. Um, And that moved... um, 
from there to kind of starting meditation, you know, and moving into meditation. And um, after my mother died, I had been interested in wellness and interested in helping people who uh, were ill. Um, and that's where I thought I would be uh, facilitating yoga. I really never thought I would be facilitating yoga in um, prison institutions. I, I really, my vision of where I was going to be was in hospitals um, <laughs> uh, because that's what I was really drawn to. So it's funny how you never know what's going to happen. But I had this idea that um, the breath and breathing could really help people who were facing terminal illness mm-hmm. and chronic illness. Um, and so I wanted to know more about it and I wanted to get better at sharing it. And so I took yoga teacher training um, and that just led to a whole other path. Um, uh, I could just keep going and going, yeah. but I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Okay, keep going. We're here. We're here. Yep. Um, I'm like, where am I? Uh, so when I took yoga teacher training, um, I, it was transformative experience. Um, it just, it changed my life. I mean, it was already sort of had tidbits going in that direction, um, interested in sharing yoga and knowing more about it. And, um, really the purpose of, of doing the yoga teacher training for me was so that I would be able to facilitate, um, in hospital settings, really what I, what I wanted to do. Um, and then I just started loving yoga even more and it like it like just I don't know it's like yoga did a thing it's like I felt like I didn't have a choice anymore and the more (laughs) the more I learned about yoga the more I wanted to learn about yoga and then I started sort of sharing yoga to teacher level and then I realized I, I never wanted to be a teacher ever my mother was the most amazing teacher she was a grade school teacher she's like this amazing teacher I have totally different kind of personality and I thought, I'm never a teacher. This is not what I do. And I will not share in that way. And what happened was I started sharing yoga with other people, like more in like a, like they were going to learn to share with other people, be teachers. And I couldn't believe how much I was learning. I was like, I'm learning so much by sharing it. And it just blew me away. And so being like a lifelong learner, um, and, and I just was so filled up by that. I was so selfish. You know, I was just like, wow, you know, I'm really like sharing this because I'm really like sharing it with myself, you know, and I'm growing in myself and, and it just, it, so that's been what's happened. Um, and so, so I was just kind of looking for yoga in all different places. And I, for me, um, it's living the yoga in as many moments as possible. It's not on the mat. It's not sitting in meditation. It's just how is, can life be the practice? I feel like life is the practice. And, um, so that's what yoga is for me now is just, you know, how many moments of the day can I reside with what is and realize what, uh, you know, where my ego's at play, where my fears are coming up, where the pain's coming up, how much can I witness that um, and deal with it, you know, in, in helpful, in helpful, loving ways. Um, and it's a total challenge, you know, so, <laughs> so that's the long, weird answer, I guess. No, we like long, weird answers. That's what <laughs> right. And I feel like I really love all these kind of different points. Um, uh, when I took refuge, uh, my teacher 
we, you know, we're all kind of like bowing or like kneeling. And she was like, remember the moment of suffering that brought you here Mm. and have that be that the seed, right? This, this moment, like always remember your suffering and what it brought you to. And so Mm. from what I hear from your story and sharing as well, is that like suffering brought you to this path and it was like this surrender, right? And then you just kept surrendering further and further. And you're like, okay, now it's completely out of my control and it's feeding me, right? It's like, it is nourishing me in all of these ways. I wish I could just say that just how you did, because that's exactly perfectly right. (laughs) That's, that's just so well summed up in like two sentences. I would love to hear how your yoga practice and mindfulness has informed your law practice and work. Yeah, you know, well, law practice, you know, it's such heady. It's that you're so in your head, you know, and and that's my default, you know, um, a virtue and vice, right? You just, you know, you can, you have these analytical uh, tendencies and you can think through problems. And, you know, law is really amazing um, on a lot of fronts. Um, one, on an advocacy front, uh, because there's a certain bit of, um, you know, positioning that you can speak up for people who maybe don't have a voice. So that's, you know, there's kind of a fighter aspect of it, but it's a mental fight. You know, it's not like a physical fight. And I hate to use the word fight, but, um, uh, it, it can feel like that, you know, sometimes in the law, it can feel very confrontational. It can be very adversarial. Um, and it's a mental kind of, uh, fight. Um, and so I feel like with yoga, what I noticed in, when I was practicing, uh, you know, kind of in my heyday of my practice, I, <laughs> Uh, it was the heyday of my like hot yoga also. And it was, it was such a great balance, right? Like I, I needed to get like out of my head into my body and actually feel like what's going on and feel a sense of aliveness because I would just start living in this space up here. And I still do that. You know, I mean, obviously I still do that, but I think when you, um, I think yoga was such a great, has been such a great balance for really cerebral work you know, when you're really using your analytical skills, you're trying to find solutions and you're, you know, sort of navigating this world in a very practical, pragmatic um, way. Uh, it's important to, you know, bring yourself back to, to your body. And I suffered, I suffered physical uh, ailments, I would say, because I was here and not in here. And I wasn't realizing what was happening. Um, I had a, a huge bout with migraines, uh, migraine headaches, because my nervous system was like, on the fritz. I was like literally frying myself, I think, (laughs) through this like cognitive work and worry and anxiety and, you know, like motherhood and work and, you know, um, you have um, grief and just all the things we go through as human beings. And I um, am one that has taken my body for granted. Uh, I will just, and and it stops me, you know, my body, my body is the one that always gets me. Um, it's always like, Kristen, you got to slow down. You got to, you know, you are not paying attention. And I, for a long time, I didn't believe in the, in the body brain. 
it's like, I really thought my brain was just going to take me, you know? And like, I thought like all that, the thinking that I could do was because it really helped me. You know, my, my brain has helped me get in good situations and problem solving everything. But then I just kind of left my body behind, you know, and it was like, nope, you're coming back and you're seated, you know, and yoga has, was helped me stay, helped me stay healthy. It still does. Um, I had an issue the other, or a few months ago where I had like serious digestive issues and it was like, my body just went like this. It was, and I just, but I knew it this time. I was like, oh, my body is like this because I'm not relaxed. And so I was like, back to the practice, you know? And so for me, I I don't think it's ever going to end. I don't think there's ever an ending point. It's a process that's continually ongoing. And I just hope I can remember before I get, Mm. you know, stuck. Yeah, we're, we're, we're constantly in a process of remembering and returning. And I think, and I think what I'm also working on with myself is the softness of not being judgmental of every time I forget. And right. So, right. Like, like, like approaching myself, like honey, I'm just like, okay, like, can I receive myself gently? Can I, right. when I, when I return back? Right. Yeah. And noting, noting the universality of it, you know, like it's just how we're human beings. This is just a hard thing we are doing, you know, and, and just having sympathy, you know, sympathy for, for our situation um, and, and having humor about it. Like I, I am looking, you know, I've been able to also develop that and I can tell when I don't do it, I, I can be a very serious person, you know? And, um, and now I, you know, if you can just step outside yourself and just be like, Oh, there she goes again. You know, she's doing her thing. She's getting all serious and she's reading five books again, you know, like just, you know, wow, that's a lot, Kristen, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I do a lot of that too. You and uh, from your own personal journey, and it sounds like also witnessing um, your mother's passing was this inspiration for wanting to offer yoga and mindfulness to uh, medical communities or people suffering from physical ailments. So what was the journey from that dream to finding prison yoga project? Okay. Such a great question. Well, some other yogis and I, we, uh, so there's like a a part in between there, um, of the story. And so when I was in yoga teacher training, I was so blessed to meet amazing people. And, um, a few of these amazing people and I, um, started kind of looking around at like the yoga scene and being very frustrated by like what was happening, you know, um, basically, you know, these like $20 yoga classes, these non-diverse, non-inclusive environments, And so we were like, well, you know, maybe we could just do something where, where we could co-create a space and, um, that would be more inviting to people that would be more inclusive where we, um, it wasn't just like, um, you know, people of all different abilities, uh, body sizes and backgrounds could enjoy yoga. And could we create a space like that? And it really, we hadn't seen it be done in our neighborhood. And so, um, we kind of got together. And uh, so it was Crystal Coleman and Inga Bookbinder, um, Cherie Robinson, 
and my friend Andrea Brown and I, and we just started offering um, community classes and it felt great. And immediately we were, uh, and, and, you know, at first it was like super small. It would be just like a few of us, you know, and, but we were like so happy. We didn't really care because we were practicing and the practice was that we were ha- having such benefits from the practice that it didn't really matter if anyone was coming, but eventually it really grew. And um, when it grew, we were just noticing how much people appreciated this, this space, you know, how much they appreciated yoga and how yoga was just like working its magic. Mm-hmm. Um, just by being yoga itself, these people were moving, they're feeling into their bodies, they're feeling relaxed, and they're just feeling more alive. Like they're literally feeling a sense of aliveness that they hadn't felt before. And so we started doing community uh, classes and we've been doing that. This is like our fourth year of doing that now. And um, we're going, we're in our fourth year. And my friend, Crystal Coleman um, said, Hey, she's like, she's one of those people that like knows all the best trainings. Like she, like, you know, I have people who know like all the best books, like my friend Kendall's like that. So Crystal knows like all the best trainings and she researches it and she goes to these amazing yoga trainings or in any kind of training. And then she tells you about it and who the people are. And so she was talking to me, we were talking one day and she's like, Hey, have you heard of prison yoga project? Do you know what they're doing? And I'm like, I had, I really didn't know sorry to say, but I didn't. And, um, and she told me all about it and she's like, you know, we should look into this. I'm like, yeah, we should, but you know, life and and everything. And, and, but it was on my radar. And then, um, let's see, what was the next segue? So I think I was reading something by Brian Stevenson and, um, Brian Stevenson had, he had like a list of resources, like a list of, you know, organizations that, um, he, he kind of like endorsed, you know, and one of the things on the list was, was yoga in, in institutions, yoga in prisons. And I was like, okay. And so I kind of, you know, registered again. And, um, and so then COVID hit, you know, and we had a lot of time to think about what are the things we really wanted to do and what were, what, you know, what could we do? And um, at the time I had talked to a couple of hospitals, like I said, about doing the meditation in the hospital setting and COVID hit and it was just like dead. It just became dead. Nothing was happening. Our community classes weren't happening. Um, we were doing online, which was great, but, you know, we were just kind of in like a holding pattern. And, um, and so Crystal and I were like, well, I wonder if, you know, if they're going to do like an online training <laughs> for President Yoga Project, because this has been on our radar. This is what we wanted to do. And um, so I think at, at one point it was like 12 o'clock at night and I'm online and I'm like, okay, LA chapter, I'm going to feel, I got to get involved. I'm gonna, like, let's, let's see what this is about. And um, so that's how it started with President Yoga. And, um, and both Crystal and I took the first online training that um, the Prison Yoga Project offered. And it was fantastic. It was amazing. And I have to give a shout out to Bill because I think I have bugged you a couple of times, like via email or text message or something. And you were like ultra responsive. Like, you know, I was, I was like every, it was like a yes, every time it was like, can this be possible? Can this happen? Are you going to do an online training? And Bill's like, yes, it's coming. Yes. And, and this is where you need to go and hook up with the LA chapter. So I really, you know, your responsiveness, Bill was helped the whole thing happen. So it was really great. I, um, <laughs> thank you. Similar. And you were in that training too, Blair, and you were in the first training too, right? Sorry. I meant to mention, I, I no, no. I so, so, and that's, it was so funny too. Cause you're like, it's funny what happens when you have spaciousness 
things get clear, right? right? You're like, okay, like, what is it that I want to do? And also had been on my radar for like a decade. And I kind of was like, oh, I need to do my yoga teacher training first before I do a training with them. And I kind of just, I hadn't done one yet. And then I was like, okay, well now I've done a yoga teacher training. Like I can do it. And then I also love that. I don't think we did one physical asana practice throughout the whole training. And I'm like, this is so much deeper than I had even imagined. And so I also got involved during the pandemic as well. So I love hearing other stories of that too. So why we also brought you here talking about the uncertainty of beginnings. Will you tell us the story of how you started teaching at Norco? Yeah, this is such a, I, I hesitate to start with it. I kind of was like, I wanted to share like how amazing, because this is going to, I don't want this to scare anyone, like this part of the story. Um, but if we can promise to go back, like how uh, the benefits also. <laughs> this Absolutely. Okay. We'll keep circling right. back. Yeah. Okay. We'll circle back to that. Cause this, I just, cause I really thought about, you know, what's important about the message here. And I think the message is just how valuable um, the program is and, and, um, how valuable sharing yoga, um, inside is and can be and the benefits that the guys are getting from it. So, so we'll come back to that. So, um, and, and I know there's students, there's, there's people in your courses right now who might be thinking about, you know, might be thinking about, you know, at some time, do I want to be a facilitator and what's that look like? So I just don't want to totally scare anyone away. So I want to make sure we circle back. <laughs> rewarding stuff because how it started was a little crazy. So this is the crazy story. Um, So in the beginning of the year, you know, it was clear we were still in the pandemic. It was 2021. And um, behind the scenes, this is my version of the story, Bill. So you can like, you're probably like, this is so not what happened, but like, this is my, you know, my, my lens of what was going on. But so my lens was that, um, you know, like the people behind the scenes of prison project, including Bill were like, you know, developing this like amazing correspondence course. Right. So James is this outstanding book. And then they built this workbook and they're building worksheets and they're getting grant funding. I mean, these people are charging behind behind the scenes trying to get this correspondence course unrolled um, as soon as possible, you know, as soon as we could. So when they heard of that, then um, they, you know, I, there were, uh, they need a facilitator, you know, so I interviewed for the position with Billy um, Bannon to be a yoga facilitator for, um, for this correspondence course. It was supposed to be a correspondence course. And so, um, <laughs> And so I was like, I could do this, you know, I'm a lawyer and I write a lot and I can like grade thing, you know, I mean, like, it's not really anyway. So I was like, totally open today. So you get hired on for that. And, but but things are stalled and things are stalled because of COVID and because of um, like sort of bureaucratic and administrative issues on the facilities part, not PYP. And, um, but there is a break. And so, so we, we think this, again, this is my perspective. It was probably like, oh my God, there's like so many other layers, but we think we're going to go in the spring and we're getting ready and we're getting the correspondence stuff done. And I'm going through the materials and Billy is kind of like my supervisor talking to him we're getting a plan but it's frustrating it's frustrating because we just it's taking a lot of time and we you know we just we're kind of like hitting obstacle after obstacle in the covid world of, of being able to get inside but we're still planning to do a correspondence course then all of a sudden it's like we're in person they're like oh can you go in person next week and i'm like 
Whoa. Okay. So this is like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, I'm kind of like better than a correspondence course because you have so much more um, interaction and relationship and, and communication can happen in person. So I was actually really excited to go in person. So I'm like, oh, this is so great. You know? So it's like kind of moving into summertime and we're like, okay, we're going to go in person. And so I'm talking to Billy and he's like, yeah, so we'll... I don't know if he actually said this or I imagined it, but what I imagined was like him and I going into the facility and teaching the class together. And I was like Robin and he was like Batman. And like, I was cool with that. You know, I was like, good. You know, I'm, I can do no problem, you know? And there's no fault to any, I mean, it was just, it was like a shape shifting dynamic. There was, I think that actually was the plan at one point, you know? So, so yeah, Bill's like, yes, that was a plan. And so then, then the plan was like, oh no, we got two classes. We got two classes, which is awesome. We're like, it's like a, it's like a, it was like a gift from the universe to have two classes. So we're like, cool. So Billy's like, you're going to have one. I'm going to have one. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, you know, trying to be cool, but in my head, I'm like, okay, hmm, this is okay. I can do this. And then Billy, and so I'm thinking, like, I've seen pictures, you know, in the books, like of what the, you know, you it's like what you go through training for. You know, you look at the pictures of the book. So the pictures in the books, there's like, there's like 12 people in the class or whatever. And so Billy's like, oh, it's gonna be 25. I'm like, okay, all right, 25. And so I'm thinking like, how's the room set up with 25 and like, how do I do a trauma informed? But I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't, it's fine. 25, 25. And so, and then the idea, and again, this is just all the idea. And this is like morphine over like four weeks. It's just morphine every, every two days, there's like a new version of what's happening. And then it's like, it's not going to happen because it's like COVID. So we're going through all that. Um, but to make, to make a long story short. So then at one point, um, Billy's like, well, you know what? They want to start right away, but I'm not going to be able to start right away. Cause I have commitments. So can you take both classes? You're going to have like 50 guys. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. And so I'm like, <laughs> so this whole thing of like, it just kind of more, but, but in my head, I was like, look, I was like, you know, the PYP training was outstanding. Um, I mean, the breadth and depth of like what we received, you know, on a trauma informed, um, you know, how to facilitate in a trauma formed way, uh, the most sensitive methods to use. Uh, you know, I had that, you know, in my toolbox, right. I was like, I got that, you know, and then I've had experience facilitating. I've been lucky that I've been in community. And so I'm used to facilitating where someone has no experience with yoga and someone might be a total adept at yoga, you know? So I, you know, so it's like, I get that going. And then I'm used to actually facilitating for men, which is unusual, you know, because usually a lot of yoga teachers, you know, in studio setting, you're facilitating for a predominantly female audience or not female participants. And, um, you know, I've worked with sports teams that were, you know, all men and giant people, like they're giant. I'm not a very big person. So I, you know, I was like, okay, giant guy is like, I can do that. You know, <laughs> I was like, so I'm like, you know, um, you know, I've encountered a lot. So I feel like, I, okay, I could do, I could do 50. And then I'm looking at Billy and he's like, yeah, you can do this. So I'm like, well, he says, I can do this. I can do this, you know? And so here I am with this idea. I'm going to have like 50 guys in this, you know, pretty high security facility and, um, you know, inside forces started hitting me. You know, I started questioning. I was like, dude, what's the setup for 50 people? Like how, you know, how do I, 
how are people going to be comfortable? How do I, how do people feel safe in that environment? You know, uh, what's the process? And then I'm like, do they come here? Cause they want to, or are they like being made to come here? You know, I, I just like started having all these questions that I didn't have, you know, during training, cause I didn't know to have them. And I thought, what if like the participants don't want to be there? Like I, and for some reason, like, I'm like, are they going to heckle me? You know, like, <laughs> Like, like I'm some comedian or something getting heckled. Like I, like I was concerned about that. Like somehow that became like an issue for me. And then I started, then I was like, where do I go to the bathroom? Like, where's the bath? Can they go to the bathroom? And do they, do two of them have to go? Or like, how does, so I started like, so these inside forces started like totally working on me. And I, I started kind of freaking out, but mildly, like I was mildly freaking out until I really started freaking out because the outside forces came in. And so I have, so the outside forces, um, were I have a friend who who is a social worker and therapist at the women's facility in Chino and we do yoga together and we were practicing Ashtanga one morning and she came in just wrecked you know and I was like Inga you know what is going on what are you what's going on and she's like oh Kristen you know we've been on lockdown and we just came off and I had and we came off and it was really great because everyone was back in community we were having sessions and she's like a fight broke out between two of um, my patients mm. and I was like what what? What? <laughs> she's like a fight broke out and one of her older, um, she's a therapist and one of her patients, um, was like an old, like in her sixties and she got like brutally hurt, um, during the fight. And I was just like, Oh, like a fight could break out. Like, you know, I mean, I, I just, you know, it's just something I hadn't really thought through. I, I you know, we talked about earlier com- coming to this totally green, you know, really naive about, about what's happening. So, um, but she's like, oh, it was no big deal. You know, she's been a therapist in this kind of situation. I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, she, but she's like, as far as as security goes, you know, I had a button, we, we broke up the fight, but I'm like, did you feel like you wanted to help break up the fight? Like, how was that for you? Did you just watch, you know, I mean, what, you know, how do you handle something like that? You don't know until you're there. And she, and so, um, so I started thinking about that. And then <clears throat> there's an amazing amount of training that's offered. Um, PYP does an outstanding job, you know, prepping you for like all different kinds of things that would happen and um, sharing experience. And um, I, but I had to do a further training with the facility itself. And so the facility, and, and that was extensive. And so there was a, there was a training for that, which I was really grateful for, but then I had to do like a, like a third training with the facility. So I'm on this call and I've got two like young adults in the car on this call and I'm going through like these kind of guidelines and like <laughs> the guideline and in this, the, one of the people at the facility, the program coordinator at the facility is telling me, okay, listen, like things happen. And so like one thing that could happen is like the guards might yell, the, the, uh, the officers might yell, get down. And, but you are not to get down. Like, the guys are to get down, but you do not get down. So make sure you don't get down, Kristen. If, if people are yelling, get down, don't get down. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then, and then it moves into like, and if there's a hostage situation and I was like, wow, like there's a hostage situation. <laughs> you know, I was just, you know, I just didn't, it just was crazy. literally. And so like these outsides and then, okay. So this is the last thing, like, I, and I know this is, this is kind of going long, but, um, 
but I went to deliver the mats. We had like 50 yoga mats and all these amazing materials, like the, the books and the, the worksheets and everything. And so we went to get those inside. And that itself was like a whole process of even getting these materials inside. It's just a huge process to get anything happening in these facilities. It was a big endeavor, but we got it done. Um, but the facility itself, the space is like really intimidating. Like it, it's, you know, a lot of guard towers, a lot of barbed wire, um, a lot of shut doors, um, a lot of dilapidated kind of structures. Um, and it, it just, the space threw me off. Like it, it just, just even being in the outside space, I was like, wow, this is, this space is, is really, is like an intimidating space. This is something I, I had been to the women's facility. I'd been to twin towers downtown LA and I have, I have been to the County jail, but this space was like next level kind of like feel. <clears throat> and so, but I'm just like, okay. And I could tell that, um, you know, these inside doubts that I was having along with these out external, like additional information, it was creating more, more doubts. And I, I kind of, I mean, I did have like kind of a minor freak out. I was just kind of like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> and, um, and I think the practice really helped with that. Um, and I'll say one more, one other thing happened and I'll tell the benefits of the practice, but I had kind of calmed down and it was a few hours before I'm going to go facilitate literally like a few hours before I go. And, and I had kind of gone through like, like a freak out. And then like, I kind of got myself calm and I was just kind of resigned. I was kind of resigned to like, whatever happens is going to happen as meant to happen. And as I'm resigned to that and I'm actually feeling super mellow and super calm, like I'm just going to do it. Like I just hands raised. I'm just surrender to this experience. Um, I get a call from the program coordinator and she's like, the CEOs, the correctional officers are very concerned that you're female and you're teaching yoga and what you're going to wear. And I'm like, and how you're going to do it. And I'm like, what? And they're like, the CEOs didn't know you were female. They're concerned that you're female and they're concerned about what you're going to wear and, and what positions you're going to be, <laughs> if you're going to be touching. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I had to like assure her, you know, that like we've been trained in prison yoga and this trauma informed environment of how to facilitate in ways that would be most helpful and not harmful in this kind of situation. But I guess, I don't know if they didn't know I was going to, you know, it, anyway, it just was like an issue. And so I was like, in my mind, at this point, I was laughing, you know, because I'm like, okay, the whole, the world is like playing a joke on me. Like the universe is just like, take this one. Now, can you handle this one? And I'm just like, okay, yeah. Just like, so at that point I just like gave up and I was laughing and, and we kind of talked about, you know, it, but, um, but I think what was, what was really helpful was, was the practice. And, and I came, you know, I realized, you know, my cycle, you know, I really noticed when my head starts spinning and I start thinking about one situation, mm -hmm. one situation, and the one situation that I started getting concerned about that I had no idea was this fight. Like I was like, like what we were talking about before, I'm good in a mental fight, but like a physical fight, I'm like the little dog who like is tiny and is like barking at like, you know, the big dogs. Like I, rah, 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 rah. but really I'm going to go like run and so, like, could I defend myself? You know, I'm just going to like pee on myself. You know, I mean, that's how I would feel. Like I was just like, like the little dog. And so in a mental, like in a mental um, advocacy, a mental kind of fight, I, I felt confident what I was realizing in like a physical situation, if I was going to watch a fight, 
or be part of a fight or be part of an incident. Like I felt really worried about that. I had a lot of fear around that, that I have even no idea where that comes from, except for maybe I just didn't know what it was, you know, or it's just fear of the unknown. Um, so, um, so anyway, um, but, but I think what, what helped was, was knowing that, you know, that was my mind spinning, you know, that was like, the fight didn't happen. Like there was no fight. It, it, it wasn't happening in the present. Um, it, it was never really going to happen maybe in the future. It's just something that I, I completely started obsessing about. And so, um, so I think the embodied awareness um, was really huge, you know, and sensing where I was feeling this tension, recognizing that my mind was spinning off. Um, and then I just kind of got, and, and the other thing that was huge was the Sangha. Um, Billy was invaluable. Billy Bannon is the chapter leader in LA. And, um, he really helped me like walk through like a lot of different scenarios. He has a, he has a breadth of experience that people don't have. Um, this guy has been teaching yoga in, he was a former basketball coach at, you know, um, Cal Poly Pomona. So he has this kind of like coachy, amazing teacher vibe, very different from me. Um, but he just went in, you know, a- after his teaching career, or his basketball, you know, coaching career and started teaching all over California, just like on his own, because he loves yoga so much and he loves sharing it so much. So he like was able to, you know, help me, like, where do I park and what is going to happen with security and what do I bring in? And he like walked me through it almost as if he was taking me through like a visual tour of like what the facility would be and what to expect. And I can't tell you enough how much that like soothed my nerves from his experience and also his confidence that, you know, he was just like, you can do this. You know, you, you, you'll be fine. We've done this. You will do this. And so that was huge. And, and I had a lot of support, um, from my friends and family, you know, my friends and family were just like, uh, just like unbelievable. I felt like when I first went in like the hours, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, the hours before I went in, I felt like all of them were coming with me. It, it just felt like that. I felt in a way, I felt like you guys were coming with me. You know, I felt like you were there. I felt like Billy was there. I felt like my family was there. And I felt like I, I just felt like I had this immense support underneath me. And it just, and it actually made it easy. Mm-hmm. So with all that craziness, like with all that nutsness about self-doubt and like all these external forces, um, uh, the community support, and being able to recognize um, how your mind, you know, can take you to places that don't even exist uh, was, was very, very, very helpful. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you can hear my audio, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, th- what you've just described is like absolutely the least ideal start <laughs> perspective. Um the, I feel like it's probably my karma bill. So I, well, I just, yeah, like, you know, and at the same time, um, at the same time, yeah, it, it, here you are, here we are today, you know, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, uh, this, what I, I can't wait to hear the next step. I can't wait to hear. Okay. And then I went yeah. through the Sally port at the front gate and we're going to get to that. Right. I really just wanted to say that everything that you're saying, everything that you're speaking to 
um, is the reason why prison yoga project exists, you know, the training, you know, the, you've seen the, the pictures, it's like, you're starting to really get familiar. And then what you're describing with Billy, you know, and actually we uh, used to do this a little bit and maybe, maybe we'll re maybe we'll do this again, but we would do a visualization, um, as part of our in-person trainings where, uh, well, it's not so much a visualization, but I would describe, uh, like I go down to central jail and I park about three blocks away and I pay the meter. Um, and then, uh, the only thing that I've got with me is my driver's license and my keys. And I walk down the, the three blocks to central jail and I go and I mean, then literally ever I press the button for the ninth floor, you know, <laughs> in the elevator so that we can, um, uh, really give people a, an experience of what this is going to be like to like, take away as many of those unknowns because then the reality of it is, you know, and, and then I walked in and then I got off the elevator at the ninth floor and they're wheeling somebody out on a stretcher, you know, and mm -hmm. I find out that the facility is on lockdown because there's been a fight. Things like this do happen in, in these situations, you know, ideally for us, a, a class is 15 people. Um, a, a class has two facilitators, um, the first time you go in, if there is a program in your community, um, you go in with uh, somebody who's in there already facilitating or um, preferably uh, if that's not available, then maybe there's a religious group. And we say, can we go in as a guest and just be there, uh, you know, so that I can get an experience and start to feel comfortable in the environment. Um, and so literally like everything went wrong in in getting this i mean and besides the fact of like i can't even begin to tell you the nightmare that um these uh, uh cares grant based programs have been in california because you know it you know we wrote the grants in april of 2020 like at a point when none of us know what the future is going to be um right did we know that here we are in september of 2021 and we're really still dealing with this so many such facilities shut down. And so, uh, yeah, all of that is happening in, and, you know, no uh, CDCR is doing the best that they can. <sighs> anyway, what happened next? Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I drove. And the then, <laughs> and then I go in and, uh, and, uh, uh, so you, I forgot my ID. It's like a big thing. And what, what you said, well, I mean, I didn't totally forget it. Thank God. Um, but what you said is so helpful. And Billy did exactly that. Like he, he took me through like a whole visual of what, oh, and Billy wasn't even, you know, he wasn't there. He couldn't. So I started yeah, on my own. Like, I, like, so yeah, he was out of town. He, he had other commitments for the first three sessions. Um, so I went in for three weeks um, on my own. And so the first time I go, um, and he had walked me through, I leave my ID in the car. Cause I'm sick. I'm, I am nervous. I'm calm, but I'm nervous, you know? And so I'm like, Oh geez, you know, so I go and get my ID and, um, I had been concerned about the space. The space was really like um, a daunting kind of space. And, uh, my goddaughter Mackenzie and I were talking about it and I was just like, yeah, the space is kind of bugging me. And she's like, well, Kristen, you know, you could be co-creating the space, you know, she's like, it's going to be a co-created space. 
inside. So you can think about that, you know, like there's the outside space and the inside space. And I really took that with me, you know? And then the other thing that happened that was really cool is you, you have a sponsor. Well, in this facility, I have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. So what that means is I have someone, um, uh, she's like a somewhat similar to my um, demographic. She's you know my age, uh, size, or whatever, uh, and she works at the facility. And then uh, we start at six thirty in the evening, and she meets me there and walks me to where we need to go, which is in the gym. And then she stays there the whole time and like monitors class, and she knows all the rules of the facility and can kind of help when I have questions, which was fantastic. So I had a wonderful facilitator. I've had wonderful facilitators the whole time that I've been there. There's been three different ones, but. Um, we have one now that's consistent, but she was fantastic. So she really also soothed, you know, and provided, um, you know, some comfort to me of just the unknowns and getting me through the unknowns, like where to use bathrooms yeah. <laughs> and how that works. Um, and so then we go inside and, um, and it was, I, I just don't, I don't know really how to go from here because it was, it was, it was a total 180 shift is what it felt like. It just felt like, um, um, yeah, I don't, I, so, so I'm facilitating the class, the guys are coming in and, um, they're, I was where I, I had the concern that like they were going to be resistant. Like maybe there's resistance to the class. What is yoga? Why am I here? I don't want to be here. It was the 180 degrees opposite. They were like, we are so happy to be here. They have been on lockdown. So we've all been on lockdown. Yeah. They've been on lockdown in a whole different way in their facility. Uh, the movement is really restricted um, there. I was told there were no other classes besides Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous going on. And those are all peer led. So we, Prison Yoga Project, were the only outside. We were the first, and we still may be the first in that facility right now. I'm not sure. Um, so they've had no offerings like this at all. So they're like coming from this place of complete gratitude for just being able to be there. They're just grateful to be there. And a few of them don't even know why they're there. They're just like, I got on some list and I'm here and I'm just happy to be. And I'm like, cool. You know, and that's kind of what I expected. And then, and then some of them, like three of them are like total yogis. Like I was like, what? Like, I just was blown away. They're practicing, they're like practicing at like 5am, you know, like two of them practicing at 5am and four, they come to the class, they're doing yoga this why we just graded a homework, uh, not graded, and it's not homework. I don't even. I'm trying to. Like, <laughs> I'm new. I'm new. I'm new to the teaching. I, you know, I'm trying to. Anyway, I, the, the, we're getting feedback, and so in the feedback, and then I'm giving feedback to the feedback. Um, one of the guys just shared that he's read the like the Ayurvedic encyclopedia. You know, I'm like, what's the Ayurvedic encyclopedia? And he, um, and and so there were there were a number of guys that. Uh, that were into yoga and they didn't, or, and then there were, and then there was, it was like, it, it was like a third, a third and a third, like a third had no idea like what was going why they're even there. Oh, and there was only, so I'm prepping for 19 people. So, because the roster is 25 and then some people we knew weren't going to make it. So it looked like it was going to be 19 or 20. And then I had like 11, I think. And so easy, you know, I was like, Oh, easy. You know, 11 people, 
we're a circle, we're six feet apart. Oh, and then we have COVID though, you know? So then it's like, there's a mask. It's like 110 degrees in Norco. It's super hot. There's no air conditioning. There's a huge fan that like, you can't hear anything. And we got the mask and the fan and the heat. And so really what I was dealing with was what we all deal with when we, when we're facilitating yoga in new positions is all these environmental stuff. That was actually the, that, that was the, one of the most challenging things at first going in there is just getting to figure out the environmental stuff to make it a situation. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to do meditation. Do I turn the fan off? Are they going to get too hot? And the other thing was the rules. Like what kind of clothes can they wear? That became an issue. I didn't really know exactly what the rule was. My sponsor helped me. Um, we did have a correctional officer there present that first time. Um, so I, it was, oh, and then there's like this thing about the whistle. I'll just, just one, this is another oh, last yeah. negative, last negative thing. Um, so uh, that kind of freaked me out. And so Inga was like, well, if you don't have a button, you'll have a whistle. You just bring a whistle. And I was like, okay. And so when I got that call, and so I got a whistle, you know, I went online and you know, got a whistle and cause I don't even have a whistle. Like but yeah. mm-hmm. now I have a bunch of whistles, but um, anyway, so when I got that program, when I got a call from the program director, she's like, well, you have your whistle. Right. And I'm like, you know, cause, cause the COs are worried, you know, COs are worried about you being there and being female and what you're going to do. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I got my whistle. And then we're going to do a string that around my neck. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. You know, I'm not going to wear this whistle around my neck when we're trying to facilitate, you know, but you don't think of those things. Like, what do you do with your whistle? So I was like, okay, I will put it in my pocket. And if I need my whistle, I can grab it in my pocket or whatever. And so, um, so I carry my whistle in my pocket and I feel more comfortable about that. But anyway, so there's like the whole whistle thing. Um, and then, so that was kind of the first experience. And, um, it, so I was surprised by how many guys were in, um, into the yoga. I was super surprised. I was surprised at how receptive everyone was. Um, I was surprised at how, at what of a lack of, um, programming and what a lack of interaction and what a lack of social connectedness, uh, these guys are exposed to, um, that was hard. Um, I mean, you can imagine it, you can imagine it, but it's different when you go in and you feel it. Yeah. So that, that was what was hard. It had nothing to do with the facility. It had nothing to do with these guys being resistant to what was going on. They know there was no fight. It was, um, it was the intensity of, um, their isolation. Um, and, um, and, and their, their sincere appreciation for, for being there. So, so that was just blew me away. You know, that was, so that was day one. Um, uh, I think on day one also, I got questions about energy, you know, I mean, I was not expecting it. Like I was, I got, I got questions about, um, you know, energetic experiencing. Uh, One guy actually asked me what is Kundalini and I was like, okay, I'm going to get back to you on that. Like I wasn't really really prepared for that question. And I wanted to make sure I was like really mindful of how I read, but we did talk about that on the next class, you know, in class two, we talked about energy a lot. And, um, it was very clear to me that many of these guys are very, um, adept at experiencing their own energy, which is also something you don't always, you, it was, it's, it, it was different. It was different from what I've seen in community classes. Um, and I think because, you know, they, they have the time and the space they're in tune. They, a lot of this, the layer of bullshit is gone. 
Like they're, they don't have that. They come from, they're, they're coming from a place of authenticity. A lot of this ego stuff is, is just not existent for them. Um, many of them um, over the course of the last, so it's been 10 weeks now. So I'm in 10 weeks. Um, you know, their questions are about consciousness a lot. Um, you know, like I've said, like a third, you know, and then a third of them just, um, all of them, I would say a hundred, almost, I would say I, I, I definitely 90%, um, and possibly a hundred percent of them are, um, find the breath and the breathing game changers. Um, it just immediately, immediately. And, and, and so, so on the third day, I, I brought, brought this I, from some of the feedback. I just wanted to share this, this one sentence from, from one of the participants. And this is, this is after um, two sessions. So I got this on the third session. And what's really cool about the course program, I'll just get, um, the homework's divided or not the homework, the, you know, the war, I don't know, what, the, the, the lessons. Study the guide. last, yeah, the study guide. The study guide is divided into like three parts. So one is like specific uh, to that lesson. So we we go over certain things. We might be focusing on like the inner self. What's that compared to the outer self? Or we might focus on asana. Or we might focus on breathing. And so we, um, and then another part of the study uh, materials is a practice lock. So they log like when they practice, and this is, I know you guys know this, but just for other people who don't know. (laughs) Okay. So the other part is a practice log and they log like, um, you know, what they did, what time they did it, and then how they felt before they started and how they felt after they started, whether they felt, you know, from an, on an overwhelmed scale, like on an at ease to kind of overwhelm scale. It's really beautifully laid out. And then the other um, a piece of the study uh, guide is to talk about their feelings and identify like where their feelings are in their body. And, um, and it's, it's just a really powerful set of questions. And so it allows them to explore like what happened that brought up feelings. What can you name those feelings? Where is it in the body and how did you react to it? What were you proud of? Like, what did you handle well when those came up and then what could you have done better? And so anyway, as part of one of those responses, which, which has been the responses have just blown me away. But this one came after two weeks. So I get this on the third Week. I mean, what? Okay, so it says I had feelings which I call ineffable because they were. It's like I was full of an unknown something that made allowed me to feel good for reasons that evade me. You know, I mean, here's this guy. You know, he's like a poet. You know, he's like, like I had. You know, he felt good for the first time for reasons he has no idea why. Yeah. You know, because it's because it's because it feels like that. You know, he just he got like unstuck in different ways. Two sessions. That's the third session. So now we're in um, eight live sessions, 10 weeks into the program. And it's just built from there. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, so I'm I, so oh God, I didn't we made that one. We made the uh, I think I called it the experience log. Uh, yes, which is I, I will come up with a better name at some point, but oh, that's uh, perfect. I think it's great. You think it's okay. Yeah, um, I like it. Tried to really take like a nonviolent communication approach to it's like you know in as practical a uh, term as possible, objectively, what happened? Something, ha- something that uh, uh, something uh, you know this week 
that uh, caused a significant reaction for me was this. And then it's like, you know, you know, this, yeah, all of that. And then we give them a vocabulary of feelings and a vocabulary of sensations. And I really think that this to me is the, the point of the correspondence program really is um, the log practice logging because we want to encourage people to be doing, you know, at least 60 minutes of yoga, three to not 60 minutes, uh, uh, 60 minutes a week split over three to four sessions. And this was, if we weren't going to be going inside, which is fantastic that we've got this and that, right. Cause the sense right. of community and the being together, um, to encourage, you know, that, uh, practice that's regular and consistent and for a long duration, but then really to apply what we're, you know, okay. The muscle that we're strengthening is that awareness of what's happening in our bodies. Um, uh, when we get into these situations where our body is having a strong reaction and then to be able to step into the gap with awareness and notice, you know, and then recognize that, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe you got into a shouting match, but then you recognized yourself shouting and you left, you took yourself out onto the yard because you didn't want things to escalate. And so it's like, well, something I could have done better and something I'd like to congratulate on because there's always that in every situation. Right. And I, we made that optional though, because we were afraid that people weren't going to want to talk about like, well, I almost got in a fight because they might have it. And so, but it's mm -hmm. fascinating to hear that people are using that. I can't wait to see uh, more, more of that. But I want to go back to what you were describing with um, you, you get in there, they've been isolated, they've been cut off. And this is the thing that is like all the things that you had imagined would be challenging were manageable. And especially because you've got self-help sponsors who can their physic, their experience with the space. And so you can co-regulate with them, um, totally. them, be the calm energy that you can draw on. And then, um, but then the thing that felt most significant was like recognizing like the space that they're in, in like cut off. Um, and Josephine describes um, like uh, she says extra, extra receivers. And you, you know, you mentioning that the, you know, the, 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 the ego is stripped away and there's a, a genuineness and of authenticity to way uh, uh, people are showing up, especially when they're meeting somebody who is coming there for a caring reason. Because like you're saying, you're, you may be the only caring person in their life um, that they're meeting. Um, or, yeah, in this space. And that I think when we think we think we're going into and we are practicing yoga, but if we think in terms of this narrow Western definition of what yoga is, right? Of asana right. practices and 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 this, um, that uh that's not really where the greatest benefit comes from. The greatest benefit comes from the compassion that we're able to bring into the space and, 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 and how that opens up an opportunity for 
them to uh, reciprocate that compassion. And what I see with these groups as they build, they do build into a community. And then that compassion, which they're, you know, may, may come easy for this outside facilitator, but then like these people that they're having to live with that may are not necessarily the folks that they would choose to be living with. Um, they used to like all that compassion for the other people who are practicing together with them sort of like takes, takes root. Um, and it can really, I've had guys tell me, it's like, you know, not everybody has to practice in yoga, uh, in, on the yard, but just having a yoga class on the yard completely changes the energy of the yard. Um, yeah, yeah. And this, this, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's um it's it is amazing. Um I will just echo what you're saying about um what yoga does and to me, I mean if I had to uh, use one word, I would just say connectedness and interconnectedness. And so, um, you know, all these things we do in yoga, whether it be asana or the pranayama or whatever, it's just, it's just like a vehicle in my mind for this, a connectedness, a connectedness to ourselves, to each other and to everything. And, um, the guy, you know, these guys feel it, it's just palpable. Um, and that's connectedness is what's building. And it's because of the intense setting, it feels like it, it, it's building like faster and stronger than I've seen something done in a community. I mean, I've seen it in yoga teacher training because yeah. uh, people are really wanting to be there, but there's a lot, there's just less there. Like you said, there's just, there's a base level of authenticity and sincerity and it's, it's just like what really what matters, you know, there's like, there's like this, like, there's like this underlying thing of like what, matters, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and so it, it just makes it really easy to make connection in that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there's this pressure and this, this, uh, necessity of, of that community, but it just can't get itself together in that environment. And then you bring yoga into it and it's like the, 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 the genuineness and the power of community and connection and compassion and love, you know, when we, and, and we are doing the physical practices that are helping us uh, manage what's happening in our amygdala, you know, right. uh, and when fear diminishes, um, what is the, the part of our humanity that takes over is, you know, kindness and connection and compassion and, and all of that. And it just, it's like a dam bursting and, and it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, thing. And it's life-changing to experience. And it's brought up another problem. Oh, <laughs> do you okay. know what that is? Okay. So this is what, this is the chapter yeah. three. Okay. And I know we probably have questions or something, but, um, so the chapter three is, so now we're all this great, um, you know, we're this tight, everyone's, you know, sharing and, you know, feelings are being expressed. People are gratitude for the space. I'm learning a ton. Like every time I go, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just learning, learning, learning. Um, it's really fantastic. We go into COVID. So we get locked down. So we're, we're there for five weeks and then we're shut down for two weeks and we don't know how long it's going to be shut down. Uh, we think like, you know, cause it's COVID. So maybe it's like 2022. I have no idea when we get to go in next. It was tough. It was tough because I thought, here we go. We're on a roll. 
these guys are getting programming, you know, they're not programming, but they're having connection, they're building community, they're, we're all learning together, we're creating, you know, there's, there's this great program that we're a part of. And then it's just like done, right? And like, we're like, can't see each other anymore. Thankfully, the facility, um, you know, was really on top of it. And we were able to, and because you guys had, you know, did such a great job with the correspondent aspect, um, we started getting the assignments and the the study guides through um, scanning, you know, so we could get that. But still, the human connection was not. So it was sort of a problem, but then it wasn't because we were still continuing. And then we got to go back inside after two weeks. But what happened, which I wasn't expecting as a teacher or as a facilitator, and I think this is important for people to know, it was something that really caught me by surprise is, you know, even in that five weeks, you know, because it was so fast and so intense, it was such a fast and intense build of community. When I came back, after two weeks of being gone, two guys were released, which is a celebration for them, right? It's a celebration for them that got to go home. And three guys were still in a unit that was in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So half of the group of this little community that, you know, was feeling really good in a way, you know, feeling uh, connected, you know, and loving and caring. It was really feeling that way and growing and learning and just a seed for everything. It just, it like got, it was like amputated, you know, <laughs> it yeah. was like, like the head wasn't cut off, but a few arms and uh, maybe a couple of other, and it was, it was weird. And, you know, I was, I was sharing with Blair, it was, it was, it's um, a growth, you know, and we know the Dharma is to let go and to not be attached, right? Like we, we know this, we know it in our head, but to have the capacity in your heart to build connection and feel connection and then, um, uh, you know, kind of feel it dissipate and go away. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And, it, and I can tell it might be the thing that I'm going to struggle with most. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I would like to know, you know, I mean, not really at, maybe at this moment, I don't know if it's right form or whatever, but I, this, these are things that, that um, this community is very helpful for me to talk about because, because, uh, I think that is a big, it's going to be a big issue. This letting go, you know, you, you create, yeah, there's some of it. Kate, my friend, Kate is there. She, <laughs> she said impermanent and um, it, right. And we get it, we get impermanence, but it's, it doesn't mean it's easy. It, you know, yeah. there's also, I mean, as much as we, you know, as much as we want to, um, uh, you know, be Buddha and without completely free of attachments or whoever Buddha, uh, mm-hmm. whoever you want to, uh, we're human, you know, we experience grief and, and this is, and, and we also experience, you know, I mean, like this is another reason for PYP's existence. And as programs are getting restarted around the world, you know, we're going to have a consultation group that it'll be drop in. So just like if you're a therapist um, and you're doing work, you meet together with a group of other therapists to discuss, like if there's a particularly difficult case, um, you know, we want to have a consultation group for people who are doing this because there are things that happen. Um, Generally, they are not things that I've only heard one with one instance where uh, a program provider, and it wasn't a PYP program provider, but another one witnessed um, she didn't witness a fight, but somebody came into the room um, uh, 
where they were doing their program and uh, slumped into a chair and she went over to say, Hey, you know, this is a closed program. You can't be here. And his hand fell away from his abdomen and he was bleeding. He'd been stabbed. Um, and you know, when the rest of the guys that were in her program saw what was going on, like they rushed over, you know, they brought her over to the opposite side of the room and two of them went out to get a CO and it's like, mm -hmm. so, but she didn't have anyone to talk about this with, and she had held it in for months and then finally brought it out with a group of other program providers. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, um, you know, she needed community that understands vicarious right and all of that but this this i i've had experiences and i'm gonna have an experience because the, a a core anchor of my program on echo at donovan several of them many of them are either released or transferred to another prison and so it is going to be feel a lot like rebuilding from from scratch um to to create that sense of community um, we also have a, a wait list of like 75 people for a 25 spot class. And we're going to need to institute like, you know, once you've been in for a year, we're going to take you off the roster and you're going to go back. Mm -hmm. to the bottom of the right. Uh, just because I want to cycle more people. I want to get more people exposed. Walk on to Delta Yard one morning and Danny's wheeling a big one of the big orange things. And he's like, I got transferred to Valley State. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, you know, it's like six years I've known this guy and I walk in and if it hadn't been that he happened to be moving his stuff out, I, Danny would have just been gone out of my life. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, and this isn't just this is something that they're experiencing. And I remember talking to one guy one night. Um, uh, uh, I was leaning up against the wall waiting for something to start. And he's in pill line, comes over and starts chatting with me and. And uh, he was saying, yeah, I really just kind of keep to myself. Um, I really don't have any friends here. Um, I had a friend once. I had a cellmate that I was with for three years and we were we were pretty close and he got moved and it just broke my heart. And I don't want to I don't want to feel that pain again. Um, and it's such a real thing that is happening yeah. in these spaces. There's so many forces that work against developing loving, kind relationships. And this is the, the, you know, I mean, and it, this, this is counterproductive to the whole enterprise of like rehabilitation, which is a word I dislike, right. but um, yeah. This is hop in with yeah, please, Blair. Yeah, yeah. I, um, we've got some really nice comments even in the QA as well. Um, so I want to start with Judith. Judith, uh, they say, Thank you so much for your openness and humanity. Truly inspiring to be able to listen to you. This offering has been so valuable as I myself am on the threshold of facilitating yoga in prisons and possibly also with refugees here, uh, which she said is in France. So fingers crossed for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I especially appreciated when you spoke to the feeling of not going in alone, but with the entire PYP community and your own mm. loved ones. That was m very moving for me, especially since we're building a Sangha here. And I very much look forward to carrying on the work together. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay. So now the question is, 
How do you zone in and out before and after the time spent inside? Do you craft out special time for yourself? Do you exchange with your community? Do you make sure that you take time around your practices inside um, that are especially calm and quiet? Um, I'm sure that we all craft our own rituals and routines. And she's just curious whether you could speak on to how this works for you and what you do for you. Awesome question. Thank you, Judith. Yeah. Such a great question. Such a great question. Um, I will say that I'm consistently inconsistent with everything right now. So I, um, but one thing that's really helped me, uh, which was actually Billy's suggestion was to keep a journal of what's going on. And I thought it was an awesome suggestion. It's completely helped me. Um, so what I do is, and I use it, uh, I take it inside with me and I take attendance in the journal. You know, I like get all the names of, of everyone who's there and it's different, you know, sometimes. Uh, and then I usually have some sort of ideas about what I want to cover, make sure I don't forget anything. Um, Cause you know, you get in the zone of teaching and you forget like some, you know, kind of housekeeping things. Uh, and then afterwards, I, it'll be maybe the next day, usually like on a Friday, we go in Thursday night. So like on a Friday, I will um, reflect on, on thoughts and feelings that I had. And that's been really helpful. Um, and then I, I think, you know, I've, I really do believe it's important to have as uh, facilitators to, to practice. I think it's important to practice. And I think, you know, everyone practices differently. And I don't think there's like a certain uh, hours or number or anything like that I would ever put on it. But um, I think when you know that you're feeling like you want movement or you know you feel like you need stillness um, to, to do that. But I think regularly meditating um, has been huge and regularly moving has been, has been huge. Um, but journaling is something I wouldn't have probably thought to do and Billy uh, recommended it. And I think it was a really great suggestion. Thank you. Do you have five more minutes for us to take maybe one more question and wrap? I just want to honor your time as well because I know we're at time. Yeah, I do. And I, I just want to also say like friends, like I, like I just like I just left out like a huge thing. Like my friends ha- and people in the PYP community and my family and my friends have listened so much to me just kind of... Um, you know, just, just listened, you know, just been, just been a a container for me. So I really have to give a shout out to my friends like Kate and all these, you know, all my friends and the PYP community, Billy too. Billy's always asking me, you know, how's it going? How are you feeling? What's come up? And, um, and he gives really helpful. He's given me some really helpful suggestions. He's a great teacher and he really simplified. He has, you know, I really feel like great teachers simplify. They have a way of making complex things very simple. And he's got great stories. And sometimes I get like kind of convoluted and, you know, like, I don't know, in my brain, I guess. And, and he's been really helpful like that. So I got to give a shout out to the community and to, to my friends for being, for helping with the practice. So I do think, I love Bill that you have this community of people and, and you're building that for these, you know, new facilitators to come out and, and have these, what you said, like a therapist would, you know, commune with other, have coffee, you know, or whatever, and just kind of at least, at least you know, unlock it and let it go a little bit, you know, by, by talking about it. <laughs> We're having experiences that are unique. Um, yeah, you know, we are, it's not it goes beyond even folks that work together in a prison like we're coming into the prison space in a very, very unique way. Um, and um, and and we need to have people who have that shared experience that we can connect with so that we know that, you know, like, I mean, it's it's interesting to me to hear you today 
Um, and I hear resonance for, with so many folks that I've talked to about like, you know, you know, this, uh, the, the whistle. I remember the very first time driving down to the prison uh, and I was going to go in with a Buddhist group and uh, I was with uh, another guy, uh, John, and, and um, we're driving down there and we realized we don't have whistles. And we're like, oh my God, they're going to turn us away at the gate and they're going to laugh at us. And, you know, and, uh, and of course then nobody even bothered and I've never carried a whistle inside, you know, um, whenever they give me an alarm, it's like, oh man, I put it in my pocket. Cause I don't want it like, you know, visible. And, and, uh, you know, I'm always worried that I'm going to accidentally bump the alarm button and just all these little practical things like this. Um, yeah, but I, and then and, and then the bigger things too about like you know like just the feeling this like feeling you know we you're 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 worried about the reception and then it turns out to be 180 degrees the other way, right. and, and and this is the thing it's like we've been encultured and I'm sure that to a certain extent it is true that this is a, a volatile and potentially violent environment. Um, uh, it is, that is true. Um, but, um, I think that the, what I feel when I'm inside is actually, I mean, and I've had other facilitators, women say this to me that I feel safer walking through the yard than I do like walking through ocean mm -hmm. beach, which is the little community that I live in. Um, uh, but maybe sadder, <laughs> maybe a little sadder. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, you know, I mean, it's just the situation can be sad. Yeah. 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 It's heavy. Um, Blair, I thought, I think I saw, do you want to say yeah. more about that before? Well, we have one more question too, that I think is really great. Um, from anonymous attendee, um, you sound very knowledgeable in trauma informed yoga. Uh, I was wondering if you gained this knowledge only through the 32 hour PYP training, or did you do your 200 hour yoga training through PYP also? So, um, I, I feel like I'd want to, I want two things. I would love to, for you to answer this question and then just could tie us up of just any advice that you would give to our community of starting, um, and what's inspiring to you, but yeah, just any advice that you want to wrap up with too. Cool. Um, no, I did not. I did my 200 and 500 hour yoga teacher training at Western yoga college in Riverside, California. And, um, and I, I, I can't say that was specifically, there was an emphasis there on trauma informed, but it was, um, I, a very, um, profound training, on um, all different levels, you know, and I think when you, when you encounter a very profound yoga training on all different levels, it's going to automatically, um, not automatically, but it's going to have a tendency to create, um, you know, favorable conditions for you to be able to handle or be able to be sensitive to a lot of different situations. So I do think that my, uh, you know, yoga teacher training, though it wasn't labeled trauma informed, was hugely, hugely beneficial. Um, just coming from a place of sensitivity and and coming from a place of yoga, um, I believe it was a real deal. And and when you're coming from that place, it's it's easier to address any kind of situation. 
Um, and that's kind of how I felt like with the fight kind of situation, you know, it was like the Bhagavad Gita, you know, where you're just like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't, you're worried about it. You know, Arjuna's like, Hey, I got to kill somebody here. Who's it going to be? I don't know what I'm going to do. And you, there's no way you just, you just don't know until you're in the situation of how, you know, to deal with something. And so that's what I think, um, yoga teacher training did for me. But I think the added layer of doing the trauma informed yoga with, um, the prison yoga project was, was essential. Like, I mean, it just, it just, and, and then the practical experience of doing it. And, and, and I'll just give a shout out. I thought the, um, I, for all you students who are in the course right now, I feel like you're so lucky the depth and breadth of what goes on in the, I've learned so much about the brain, so much about the body. Like I still need more. I want more training actually in that regard. And, and I think Bill's a great person, a great resource, um, uh, to, to start with. Um, so I, so anyway, I just applied the trauma-informed training that's going on at the Prison Yoga Project and also the social justice piece. Um, I was blown away. Blair and I have talked about um, what advocates, uh, you know, there's there's some trepidation sometimes like, you know, do you, what are you, you know, helping a broken system? Are you, you know, are you being part of, of, the, of the evil that goes on in systemic um, oppression? And um, it was very clear to me when we were doing training, I think about Nicole and Josephine and um, is it uh, Chanda or Chanda Williams? Um, and even you had on last week, Rebecca, who's the, you know, um, the director in Ohio, uh, to James Fox, to, to both of you. Um, I've never Ever seen more social advocacy in this um, arena than with the Prison Yoga Project. I mean, it's outstanding and the training's outstanding. I highly recommend it. So I think um, being prepped in that way was huge, but I just think it wasn't just prepped for being inside. It was like a preparation for how to deal with humanity, how to deal with, you know, these oppressive situations that we live in um, <clears throat> as a society and what we do and how, how, what we're failing at and what we're doing well at and how we can do better. Um, so that was a huge inspiration. I forgot the other question. <laughs> no, see, the, you see the similarity? Like you just keep going, going. Like any last piece of advice, anything that we didn't touch on, anything from your heart that you feel like you want our audience to know or share in? Um. Uh, I, 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 a couple things come to mind. Um, um, one thing is, uh, just, just connectedness, you know, and that, that I, I think I, I so, I'm so excited that, that so many people are interested in sharing yoga this way, because to me, yoga is about connectedness, um, and, um, and the fact I, it feels to me like yoga is maybe evolving. It's not just about yoga. It's just about humanity. And, and maybe yoga is having like an involution right now. You know, it's like, it's maybe it's involving into something different. And I personally would love to see people, uh, be involved in this involution of yoga where we're not focused on, um, you know, body image and like this sort of elitist attitude of what yoga is and really get to the core of it, which is connectedness. So um, I just am so I would and, and I feel like if that's what you're into, and that's why you're doing the program, 
you're going to be blown away by, by giving it a shot to facilitate. And I offer my time um, to anyone who would want to talk more or have coffee uh, with a mask or whatever, you know, however we can do that, whenever we can do that or over Zoom um, and, and work through it together. You know, I mean, I'm just a baby. Like I'm like totally green, um, making mistakes all the time. Um, but but I think that if you love the connectedness of yoga and that's why you're in the game, that's why that's what you feel the value in life is, then this training and getting involved, um, being active, right, in in our lives, it's well worth it. So I would just encourage anyone to do that. And I'll, I'll, the other thing, uh, the other thing that came to mind was I would really love to see something on the outside. Uh, for, uh, and I, I don't know if, and I, I, there probably is Bill. So you, you can maybe speak to that now or later or whatever, but, but, um, I would, I think I saw a YouTube video a while back where, where guys were meeting in the park. Uh, they were formerly incarcerated and they were meeting in the park and doing yoga and they were kind of being a support group for each other. Um, honestly, I would love to, um, share yoga on a level with the guys who are interested in a way that they could share with other people, uh, inside or outside that's already happening at the facility I'm at. These guys are sharing. Um, and I was told by someone that's going to never happen. People are going to, you know, Hey, them and make fun of them. And, um, I think there is like an, an embarrassed, you know, they have to be careful, you know, in certain what they do, but these guys are getting together at 5am different points after their workouts, mindfulness, breathing, as they're in the chow line, all different kinds of things they are doing it together. And so if, if we could, you know, um, help facilitate their sharing of yoga on a big level, I would just, that would be like a dream to me. So I, I hope that, you know, we work towards that inside, outside, you know yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like once, you know, like that they have a support, you know, like when, when like these guys are getting released too, like where, you know, are they going to go to the studio and pay $25? No, like that is not, we need community classes that, that welcome everybody. And, um, and if some of these guys want to start sharing yoga in big ways, like I, I would love to help facilitate that. Well, we should talk. Okay. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Um, All right. That is absolutely, uh, uh, I think, the uh, a next uh, step, uh, a next step for us that the community website and the pandemic and everything that this, the shifts that we've been uh, making as an organization, I think, are going to enable that in a way that it's been really challenging in the past, um, but we're getting there and, uh, um, and it's been a strategic build towards just that. Uh, and I've been thinking about like, man, I should be, we should just be putting the community yoga initiative uh, events on the PYP event calendar and opening it up to the community. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Enough. Okay. We will talk. We shall talk. <laughs> and and a nod to you guys, because I know you're working your tails off. Like the stuff I see coming out of PYP, the um, the you know the webinars and the trainings. I can't believe that I checked the calendar just to see like where you know where is like what am I doing? Where am I supposed to be? And I could I was like, oh my gosh, Bill's got this training and that training. I mean, you guys are like working your tails off behind the scenes. You know, creating resources. Um, I think Blair's done, done an outstanding job. You know, with these interviews and keeping things together and getting the word out. It's so important. Being able to be an organizer is so important. So you guys, uh, no criticism here. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, but just how, just how can I help? Like when that yeah. time comes, you know, my number. So 
Yeah, thank you. All right. It has been an absolute pleasure spending the morning with you. It's a morning here. Thank you. I mean, you have you. you have an angelic presence, really. Oh. So just thanks, Claire. Thank you, thank you for leading us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for showing up for yourself and your community and your family and all of the ways that you do. And thank you for serving. Like, thank you for being in surrender. Um, so we are so lucky to have you as part of this community. Um, and we are just so lucky to have you, period. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you both. I appreciate the opportunity.